Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Careless whisper. Um, <laughs> this is our uh, second start of the show. You don't even realize uh, because I already deleted the other one that was posted. But, um, <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's what happens when you set it up for 15 minutes instead of, you know, a longer duration show. Um, it's uh, Sportscast Radio. Uh, <laughs> my name is Jordan Siskert. I'm joined by John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, uh, <laughs> my co-host, Elijah. Elijah, how you doing tonight, sir? Man, I'm all right. Just uh, <laughs> trying to stay awake here. Cause you know it's past my bedtime. Oh man, Gra- Grandpa Elijah in the house. Um, Elijah, obviously we had, you didn't hear me play a Careless Whisper the second time around, uh, unless uh, it was booting up at the time. Uh, just uh, yeah, absolutely the perfect song uh, for a sleepy night. Um, you know the, the fireworks are over, man. I mean, now we're. This is my this is my least favorite time of, in sports, um, because the Super Bowl's over. You know, basketball right now we haven't even had the All Star break, so like I can't even say like the games are for real yet. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you baseball. XFL, man. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna jump into the XFL right away. I mean, the XFL, man. Yeah, they. You're they, saying you got they, that, they, man. That's true, I, you know. But like, I don't know, man. I, I I've never been felt wanting more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you compare this time of year to um, my actual favorite time in sports, which is um, uh, probably about uh, I don't know October, because you're at baseball playoffs, you have uh, preseason. Um, let's see. So you got preseason. Um, preseason basketball football's like you know first uh first few weeks are all over so like it's super good you know what i mean like um yeah. you know like so you got you're you now you got like the actual games of football you got college football in full thick uh you know swing of things you got uh hockey starting up like it's literally you get hockey. the best of everything what the hell is hockey I know, yeah. How dare us bring up hockey on this show? I really hope uh, Ryan does call in because I'm gonna try and uh, try and read off the trade that occurred, and it's not gonna go well. And then uh, I'm sure you and I'll commiserate on the fact that the few wild games we've watched, um, despite me being there live for one of their victories, um, they they are uh, they might be second only to uh, the dismal uh, Timberwolves before the before the trade. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, hockey. Maybe, maybe we'll talk some puck here. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, but that's my favorite time of year. This like is my 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 anti favorite. Like I'm, you know, like I don't get hyped up for the draft anymore. You know what I mean? Like the All Star Games, like kind of lost its luster. Uh, I like yeah. it better when it was like a big All Star weekend when you had hockey and uh, and bas- or, um Sorry, hockey and basketball kind of occurring like the same weekend. That was always a good time. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's something about, uh, you know, mid-February that just doesn't do it for me on the sports realm. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into on. this. <laughs> we'll get into this sports show we're supposed to talk about now. Um, Elijah, obviously, being a big proponent for the Timberwolves, being an awesome hometown fan that you are, I'm sure you were uh, certainly piqued with all the moves and talk of moves that was occurring during the trade uh, and trade deadline uh, as it quickly approached in the NBA. Um, first things first, are you surprised they made all the moves they did? And B, can you actually believe they made all the moves they did? Uh, no, like, I mean, I I guess I am. They were saying that, they've been saying that the whole time that they are going to make a lot of moves, you know, and they're just waiting for the right one, right ones, and you never really believe it until you actually see it, and actually, they actually made the moves, and so I was kind of surprised, but I'm glad they did it. And um, I don't know how surprised I was with the moves that they made, just because, I don't know, I feel like they are, I feel like just from all the talk and what the media has been saying is that we got a a pretty competent uh, front office in place now here. So um, I guess I kind of bought into it. So... I wasn't surprised by the by the moves they made and that they were like good moves. So that so, answers your question. No, that that does that does indeed. So obviously, uh, for the for the quick recap, obviously of uh, of everything that happened for the Wolves here, as far as it goes, you got in you got Russell, Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, uh, Juan Johnson. And then uh, James Johnson, Evan Turner. We got a 2020 first round pick by the Nets that's protected. And then we got Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans. We could get rid of Wiggins, uh, Gorgie Dang. Uh, we got Gitter Diop, uh, Shabazz Napier, uh, Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, uh, Robert Covington, a 2020 first, first round pick, and uh, a 2020 second, second round pick. We also got rid of Teague, too. That was a earlier like trade that wasn't really wasn't really kind of talked about too much because it wasn't really there wasn't much to it. But we also got rid of Teague, so we pretty much reshuffled our almost our entire uh, lineup. <laughs> like we basically almost pretty much have a like a whole new team. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, only guys left are what? Uh, Towns and what? Uh, Akogi? Towns, Akogi, uh, McLaughlin. Jordan McLaughlin was on the roster, I believe, at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, I think that is pretty much about it. That's sick. That's that's pretty damn gross. So, obviously, uh, the whole new look team, uh, got got to look at them – against the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, we saw a lot of new faces uh, come up big for the team and uh, and look uh, look oddly enough like a, I'll say offensively like a contender. Um, 
what are your thoughts on that come out game for, for the new look Timberwolves? Well, it shows you kind of what what the system that they're trying to run here can get you when you actually have some, some three-point shooters in the lineup. Uh, I think it's one thing it shows you. And it's just kind of just a different look than what it was before. And I feel like they kind of have been running even this year. They Even before they made all the changes, they were still shooting a lot of three-pointers. They just didn't really have much for three-point shooters. So now you actually see what's going on and what can happen potentially when they do have some shooters around them. Are they going to hit 26 three-pointers every night? No, but <laughs> but I think they're going I think you're going to see them hit more threes and their offense is going to be just more uh more efficient and it's going to look like actual modern day NBA offense now. <laughs> is this going to look like a D'Antoni offense? Mm, I don't know if I would say I'd go that far. But it's just it's gonna be a lot more like ball movement. It feels like a lot less uh, mid-range shots. Probably a little less. Probably a little more like pick and roll, and uh, not so much ISO. Just more like ball movement and stuff. So and a I'm lot of like a next- lot of driving, like a lot of like driving to the basket and either trying to go for the layup or like dishing dishing out to the open three pointer. Like it's just it'll be different. Um so I I'm looking at this now, I'm looking at the next uh, you know, eight games or so. And obviously they get the they got the Hornets who are uh, currently sitting at seventeen and thirty six and then uh, they follow that up with the Celtics who are, are definitely uh not uh, kind of the opposite of that. They're thirty seven and fifteen. Um I think the next uh one two three, four, I think four of the next uh, five games here or six games are um, are against current playoff-seeded teams. Is this a situation where we're just trying to get the best out of these guys and we're still trying to maybe tank for a draft pick that we can magically trade for something else? Or is this going to be a situation where we're going to actually see them put up, um, you know, uh, contended uh, games against these teams? in an effort to see what they're really made out of to try and get these wins. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're really going to – I mean, no team – I don't think a lot of teams think or say that, you know, yeah, let's go out and lose these games, you know. I think what's going to happen is it's our, we're going to be close in a lot of these games, but I think we're probably going to just put in – a lot of effort, but I don't know how well we're going to do just because, yeah, we've gotten better offensively, but our defense is still awful. Towns, oh, yeah. Towns is not good on defense. Russell's not, like, a great defender. We haven't really addressed any of our defensive issues, and we got rid of probably our best uh, defender in Covington, so... Um, I don't think our defense is going to be good enough to really like win a lot of these games, but I think our offense will make us more competitive. 
Uh, speaking of competitive, I mean, again, you're you're absolutely right. They scored what like uh, they're they're averaging 132 points or something ridiculous right now. If uh, um, the last two games, and then uh, yeah, on the other, but uh, unfortunately, on the other side of that, we're giving up 100 and uh, uh, you know we're giving up 120 points a game. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty damn gross. Um, you know, to think that you can be that uh, that efficient on offense, but you can't stop anybody on the other end. Um, you know, and that's just obviously. I mean, we very few teams can do. Um, very few teams in history can do that, where they can literally just rely strictly on the offense, right? Um, yeah. You know, like there's still some semblance of defense. I mean, even even uh, you know, again, teams like and and we're gonna because they're the, the newest dynasty on the on the block, but as far as the goals, you know, but a team like Golden State, you know, you still had guys like Draymond uh, who could really D up on the ball, um, you know, sneakily, sneakily good, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for his hustle play. Um, he's not a great on-ball defender, but he's a great reactor. I think Steph Curry is still an awesome defender. Um, you know, these guys Thompson. are still going out there. Uh, Clay oh, Thompson yeah, is Clay. a legitimate defender, yeah. too. Absolutely, he is. That he's a legitimate defender, and there's, there's, you know, and that's again, it's just one of those things. They played both sides of the court, and I see they're, they're definitely remembered for that offensive portion of it. But damn, you know, if if you didn't think uh, they weren't going to d up your guys, like you, you had another thing coming. They play Golden State plays a really good team. Like when all their guys are healthy and in there, their team defense is really good. Their team and, basketball, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I look at and Curry's not the best. Curry's not the best like one-on-one defender, but he's he's good in the like team orient orientated system. So yeah, he's always got the eye on the ball. Like uh, you know, I I think uh, people you always look at um, um, players who have good uh, off the ball movement, right? Uh, guys like yeah. uh, you know you know like he's a good off the ball. De- he's a good off the ball defender because he know, he can read. He knows where it's going. Like. That, that's yeah. that's the best way I can describe that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Cool assessment. I, I didn't think of that. Um, on the other side, obviously we got to we got to cheer on our our, our boy Wiggins uh, uh, for a game uh, in Golden State where they go up against the Lakers uh, in making his debut. Um, certainly got a warm welcome, but uh, puts up a solid 24 points, three assists, two rebounds. You know, five steals. <laughs> you know, not shabby at all. Yeah, five- yeah exactly. You know, so, so I mean, gave up uh, again. You know when when you know, but it was just one of those things. Like uh, you know, you're not going to get too many chances when you're when you're thinking about uh, you know going up against LeBron James, etc. Like, and you're going to be the uh, I mean, right now the number two guy, number one guy, maybe right now. I mean, uh, you know, there's he definitely had uh, things stacked against him, but uh, you know, again, you know, will will he progress? Um, and, and accepted a good new role when the guys come back healthy. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's yet to be seen, but uh, I know he's got to be excited just, just knowing that the company that he's in, um, and, you know, going off of what we just discussed, you know, arguably the best shooter in history already in Steph Curry. I'm ready to crown him. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then again, you've got a great number two. Uh, I mean, the Pippin to his Jordan as far as, uh, you know, if you want to look at the one-two aspect of that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Golden State, their their front office seems smart enough to know what they're doing, and I don't think they 
Because, I mean, realistically, even though they might have not, like, it might have not been their, like, favorite option, realistically, they could make D'Angelo Williams fit, I mean, D'Angelo Russell fit without having him come off the bench because he can play the one or the two. And Clay Thompson can play small forward because he's, like, actually listed as a shooting guard small forward. And he sometimes, he will guard small forwards if they're, like, the team's best, like, perimeter, like, player. So, realistically, they could have made the Russell thing work. I just, I think that they really think that they can get something out of Wiggins that, like, we we weren't able to get out of him and that he'll make like a really good third option, probably one of the better third options in the NBA. So I, I probably, I think Wiggins will probably do really well there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I look at him, um, I look at him like a humble basketball player. Right. And I, I feel like there's, that's almost like an oxymoron. Um, but, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't go out there and, and make like the crazy quips and uh, you know what I mean. He's not he's not in the forefront. I, I and and this is not to equate him skill wise because he's certainly not the uh, you know technicality of, of a guy like Duncan. But you know what I mean. He's an athlete that can play really well, but he's just so kind of quiet and soft spoken overall. So yeah, I, I I feel like you know and that'll fit in perfectly with that because you you got Clay who and uh, and 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 Steph who can be. They're just they're just flashy enough, right? They're not they're not uh, you know they're they're not they're just not out there. They're not shiny suiting, you know what I mean? They're not they're not Westbrook. Yeah. They're not you know what I mean? They're not they're not doing things different, you know what I mean? They're just they're just yeah. kind of keeping it keeping it funky, but not too crazy. So I, I think he fits in in that organization as a whole. You know, you look at and then, and then you look at what he has the opportunity to learn from. I mean, if, if you get Steve Kerr, who might have arguably the best po- uh, the best coaching pedigree in uh, in sports, who is a player's coach. You know what I mean? Like ultimately, yeah. Um, but 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 his knowledge for the game, um, you know, the fact that he's a championship player, he's played with the best. You know what I mean? Like he's learned from the mm-hmm. best. You know, in Phil Jackson, in Popovich. I mean, you know. Uh, Wiggins is definitely in a potential to, to really become something special if he can live up. If he can, uh, I, I think the ceiling that we have him at, I feel like that might be a false ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I just, I think it's hilarious that like people call call him a bust because I mean he's been in the league for five years or so and. He's averaged, he's got a career average of like almost 20 points a game. I mean, it's really, even though he hasn't like become like as good as people have said he or thought he was going to be, he's still a legit, legitimate scorer. So I just, I don't get how people can call a guy a bust who's, like I said, averaging like almost 20 points a game for his career. So, you know, I think it's just one of those things where people have so much, so many uh, high expectations for, um, for the lottery pick. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not LeBron James, if you're not Carmelo, if you're not, 
you know, one of these players, if you're not Zion, you know what I mean? If you're not one of these players that comes out, you know, kicking, uh, you know, kicking doors down, um, you know, the, the, the bar is set so damn high. I mean, he averaged 17 points his rookie year. That's, and he was, oh, oh yeah, that's like top, that's like top, I guarantee that's top 10 for points for, uh, for, um. No, he was starting, right? Or did he come off the bench? I think he, like, kind of, sort of, I think he might have come off the bench at the beginning, but he played in all 82 games, and he had, like, he played, like, 36 minutes a game. But, I mean, Al, like, he averaged 17 his rookie year, 20 his second year, 23 his third year. And he had a couple down years where it was 17 and 18. Then he averaged 20. He's averaging 22 this year. So, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I think pe- pe- people's expectations are just uh, unrealistic sometimes, or just like not really thought out. I don't think. Yeah. Well, but again, you know, again, that's the, and that's the that's the difference between. Um, I'll say basketball uh, compared to all sports. I mean, you got a 12-man roster, you know, you got, um, you know, and you, and you only get two picks. You know what I mean? There is no, yeah. you know, like, so. But the NBA is weird, though, because lottery picks aren't guaranteed. To, it seems like there's more, there's more busts in the NBA than almost any sport, maybe besides baseball. But it seems like there's a lot of guys that, if they're not, like, a top three pick, that they kind of bust out or they don't live up to expectations in the NBA. seems like it's more common All right. in the so, NBA. So I'm, I'm kind of curious now, now that we said this. So I want to look at, all right, even though I know this is a God-tier draft class, okay, the 1996 NBA draft. All yeah. right? So I'm going to look at the 1996 NFL draft because we'll already know if those players panned out. For the, we'll, just go, we'll compare the first round um, among drafts. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious, you know, and seeing, uh, seeing what, uh, what the standouts are, all right? Uh, so 1996 NFL this ought to be interesting because you're right. Most busts, and I know I'm taking a god tier draft in the in the uh, the 1996 because 96 was uh, was so stacked with Iverson. But I mean, Candy. the NFL NFL had a pretty stacked. They had five Hall of Famers from the 96 draft, and wow. lots of like really lots of really good receivers that were drafted right. in 96. So actually, so. these are actually probably probably co- comparable. Actually, just kind of looking at. Um, well, yeah, yeah, probably comparable. Actually, now that you say that, you're right. All right, so I mean, I don't know as, if it's as comparable, but '96 was, was a pretty good draft. Not your, yeah, looking looking at '96 that that first year, that or that the first round is uh is is pretty damn interesting. Um, wow, yeah. All right, so obviously uh, the NBA, we know we got Allen Iverson, Canby, uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim. Marbury, Ray Allen, um, still some solid play in Antoine Walker, Samaki Walker, oh God, 
uh, Kobe Bryant goes 13, Paige, Steve Nash, Tony Delft, Jermaine O'Neal. So, so definitely some household names. I feel, I feel like, but then you got guys like Travis Knight, Priest Lauderdale. Um, <laughs> Priest Lauderdale. You know what I mean? Um, Walter McCarty, um, Zadronis Ilgauskas, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, you, you know, and then there's a couple serviceable guys like, uh, uh, let's see, in this first round, you got Derek Fisher way late at the end. Actually, he's probably the best, he was probably like the last best good player um, out of uh, all these all these guys. Um, yeah. So for, for football, that first round, you got, uh, you got Keyshawn Johnson, Simeon Rice, Jonathan Ogden, uh, Terry Glenn, Eddie George, Marvin Harrison, uh, Eric Moulds, who was actually pretty solid uh, for the Bills there, Ray Lewis, uh, gosh. Awesome. I mean, like, in other guys that, like, were really good, Kevin Hardy was pretty good, John Mobley, Donnie Edwards was a really good linebacker, um, Teddy Bruschi was in that. No, I'm just saying, like, over, like oh, yeah. overall, but I, we're talking first round, though. Yeah, you can only but, really only do the two rounds because again, that's that's where the talent. You know, you only get two rounds in the in the NFL or the NBA. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. But like again, it's still. You know, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the, the problem. I think the other thing is the uh, it's not really a bust thing per se. It's it's the, the 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 need thing, right? Because again, it's also every every player that gets drafted in the NBA matters because they're a splashy player. But in, yeah. in the NFL draft, you know, you got offensive tackles who. Who, they're not they're not flashy at all. You don't you don't know nothing about uh, you don't know nothing about Willie Anderson for for the Cincinnati Bengals, all right? You don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. it's just one of those things. Like so, I I think that's the thing. It's it's the visibility is so much higher on these guys too. You know what I mean? That uh, you know. But then I don't know. You look at look at where your setting can be. Sometimes being you know that owner or that team can make such a huge difference. I mean, you know. If you're going to Charlotte, where Michael Jordan's the owner, and obviously uh, doesn't know what the hell he's doing when it comes to making a basketball team, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. All I know is all I know is Wiggins. I, getting back on course, Wiggins. Uh, yeah, yeah. People people were a little hard on the guy. Yes. So at least we can agree on that. Yes, I, I agree. I, we'll, we'll, we'll mark this on the calendar. Uh, February 11th, uh, Jordan and Elijah agree, uh, particularly on basketball take. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we, I always seem to be so far off or, or polar of you for some reason. Uh, or, but uh, I get it. It's so, it makes me laugh. Um, John Jones fought this week, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, did you uh, get a chance to watch that at all? I saw some highlights of it. Um, I know it was kind of, I know it was controversial, but from what I, from what I've heard from other people too, is that Reyes fought a good fight, but he might like you got to, you got to do more to take the title away from a guy like John Jones and. Like, there's two rounds early on that could have went either way, I guess. Like, I was hearing, like, the first and third round could have went either way. And then Reyes, like, clearly won the second round. And then Jones clearly won, like, four and five. So, 
I mean, so like a, I said, you got you got to like convincingly beat a guy like John Jones to take the title from him because if it's like a really close fight, especially with the last couple rounds being rounds that Jones kind of takes, you're probably not going to win the fight. Did uh, and, and that's one of those things, right? Uh, I mean, kind of like um, um, let's see, kind of like uh, Canelo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you don't want to if you don't want to take a bad decision. Sorry, Gennady, don't let it go to the don't let it go to the cards. You know what I mean? Or yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and granted, all BS aside, we we all have pretty similar agreeances in regards to how those fights should have went. But, um, you know what I mean? You're not going to, you're not going to take the title without absolutely dominating, um, John Jones. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a close one. Um, especially if you're as efficient as he won the fight, you know what I mean? Um, you know, they damn near, I mean, they damn near landed about the same amount of punches, give or take 10, uh, uh, earth strikes rather. Um, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a situation, but, but obviously, uh, Ray has, you know, I'll threw the hell out of him, but it's like, okay, so y'all threw him, but, uh, you know, if we're doing the same amount, if I'm doing just as much efficiently, you know, the, the, the different ways you can score things, man. It, it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll never, I'll never get, I'll get it, and I'll get pissed at some of them, but man, um, at this one, uh, you know, everyone everyone says, you know, you got those either way kind of rounds, and, and that's that's all it takes. Yeah, Ryan's in the group chat texting. It's like, see how I do that. <laughs> he could join us. He could join us. Yeah. I mean, he knows you got. I maybe I want to talk some hockey. All right, maybe I want to talk about. Uh, Zucker and uh, and I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, you know, I know it starts with a G. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gordon Grover. I I don't even know. Golchenyuk, Gol Golchenyuk. I bet if I say it wrong enough, he's gonna get on here like the bat signal. <laughs> but I, I think uh, I think Kyle said sometime uh, uh, he was like he was he was like Guy Laflower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can you can you can look at you can look at that you can look at yeah you know stuff like that you can you can look at you can look at that and you can see that it's that it's clearly Lafleur like you like that doesn't look like Laflower like. I might have even been like, "What the what the hell? What are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but yeah, I, again, it's just one of those things. Like in, in those big fights, you can't you can't let it go to the rounds. It's just hold on, I, I got a call. I think the I think the bat signal works. <laughs> Fine, is, I'll is call this you. Got, is, this, is this Jonathan Van Breesbrook? <laughs> John Van Breesbrook. Steve, Steve <laughs> Weiserman. This is the uh, the lone uh, fan who is actually really excited that we acquired one number two pick in this in the former NHL draft, Alex Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk, I got it. 
<laughs> Mark Messier. What about Mark Messier? Mark Messier. I don't know. My mom wants to to get with him, so I don't I don't mess around with that one. Yeah, it sounds like your mom wants to get Messier Temu with Salon. him. What about oh, Temu Salon? You know, I didn't I didn't call this radio show to get harassed. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, so man. what I was texting was. I, I think Reyes clearly won the first two. I think the third was a toss-up, and I think Jones clearly won the championship rounds. But I I went Reyes on that third round. I've never seen John Jones get dropped from a punch. Um, the first round, whether people think it was close or not, I, Elijah, I, I would personally ask you to give it a watch, and it would change your, your aspect, I'm sure, of what Hearsay may have told you because – yeah. When the first like three and a half minutes is Reyes rushing him, and I've never seen John Jones get beat up more in my life, where he did not know what to do, he was confused in the ring, and I haven't seen that. Not even Gustafson had him confused like that. He fought back at the end of the round. Then the second round, he throws a crazy kick, and he catches his kick, and he punches him so hard in the chest that he takes a bump. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. dude, Reyes is gonna beat this guy, and he out, you know, he outlanded him by a, a significant amount, you know, five, six, seven strikes, those rounds, including the third. Um, you could tell that, that Jones is, is his, his, his definite career advantage of how many more fights. I mean, that Ray is only had 13 career fights going into this. I mean, mm. if this guy gets five, six more fights before this, this guy could be a player. He looks really good. And, yeah. and he did exactly what me and you, Elijah, always say that pisses us off with a lot of these boxers, except for, you know, recently we've seen a couple do this now, but he went into that fight like he had nothing to lose. And John yeah. Jones was just kind of doing cartwheels on, on one hand, and, you know, he was feeling himself a la Silva Weidman, and Reyes just went right at him. And then Jones was like, oh, my God, okay, this dude is for real. And then he got yeah. dropped, and I was like, oh, man, dude, he might get him. But and, and to be fair to the, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with the 48-47 because like I said, I think the third was a toss up. I went Reyes, but I'm not mad at it. I can see why they gave it to Jones. But one of the one of the guys had it 49-46, which That's... Like, how do you how do you get that? It was it was almost like a Don Trella not giving the fourth to Golovkin going off of what you guys talked about earlier. Yeah, so that was a little confusing. Um. So, do you think uh, it's cause for a rematch then, Ryan? Well, they're, I, I think, think they're going to give it to him. I don't, like, I think it definitely calls for him, but I don't think they should do it yet. I think this is a perfect, this is almost, think of this as a pro wrestling story, where you can say Reyes was that close to the title that he could smell the title. And next time he gets that shot, he's going to go in there and capitalize on it. Go in there and give him a couple fights to get some big wins. Give him a little more experience and get the crowd even more behind him than they were. Because that crowd, it was silence when he came to the ring, or, or to the octagon. But when when that fight was over, man, he got a standing ovation. Like, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I don't think John Jones is gonna I don't think John Jones is gonna fight two more fights at light heavyweight. I think he's gonna be moving up to heavyweight. When they asked him, they're like, do you want to do a rematch with him? And he kind of laughed, and he goes, let me talk to my team first. And that's that's an indication that I don't think he wants to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and I mean, that's, 
where, where's the warrior's heart on that? Like, I mean, you know, like, you know, that's just one of those things where you just say, I'll fight anybody anywhere kind of thing. And then you elevate your status one way or the other. Because if you don't take it and you move up, you get to say, well, I'm moving up. I'm taking on the next best thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, do, if you do take it, you're taking, you're giving the guy a shot. Like, I feel like you got to spin that a little differently. Yeah, oh, I think you did too. Well, I think part of it too is I, I don't think he expected it. Like, the you know, they got the mic in his hand and he was still doing that. Holy crap. That was, a, I've, I've never been in a fight like that before. Like, you could tell he was, you know, and, and he was smiling. It was like a good smile. Like, like it almost like it felt like it rejuvenated Jones to what we all fell in love with him before he just turned into this idiot. Like, mm. He looked happy. He looked like he was in the zone, and he was like, "Oh my God, I've never had somebody f- do that to me." And he was smiling, and he, you know, and that's why he's like, oh, "You know, I'll let my team figure it out," you know. But, you know, I just I don't I don't see a reason to do it right away. I think if you're smart, because like even when Dana White strapped the title on him when he won the decision, Dana White gave him the biggest pat on the back I've ever seen in my life. So like, you know, it's his cash cow. You know, they're boys. You know, that's he's always gonna do be do what's right for Dana. Yeah. I think, I think you made it a star in this fight and I don't think you have to do a rematch. I think if because ultimately like whether, whether you want to agree with it or not with, with the way he said it, I mean, John Jones, what, what is it? 13 years he hasn't lost a fight. Some crazy number like that. Like he has yeah. nothing well, to prove. Well, I, well, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I mean, I, I mean, he did piss hot a couple of times. I, I just, I digress. Let, let me say this: for somebody who bet, who felt bad and backed Daniel Cormier, and they got he got screwed by that fight when he lost fight, lost that decision. When he pissed hot, as you said, this dude also went out and smoked people while high on cocaine too. But, like <laughs> he, he was on a coke, he was on a coke binge. He was on a coke binge like the like the weekend. Like I think he was out, like the the night before the fight, like just fucking <laughs> snorting lines and banging banging strippers. Like he was going he was going he was going ham before before yeah. he fought for me and he like whooped him. And who knows yeah. like like who knows like how many times John Jones has like fought after not putting in like very good effort in training camp. Cause I mean, he had a dark, he had a dark, like stretch of years where he, he got drinking, a, drinking a lot, drinking a lot, doing a lot of drugs. And like, you know what I mean? Like no he got partier. famous too quick. Like yeah. it, it, he rose from just a guy who fought on a prelim who got a crazy knockout, kind of like a ride of Everyone thought Uriah Hall was going to be on that next level when he won the Ultimate Fire with those wild head kicks. You know, and Jones, I think he just, his rise to stardom was just too fast and too quick, and he didn't have the right people around him, I think, and it just got to him. And I, I don't blame him. You know, when you're loaded and you can do whatever you want, and you're the you're the king of your town, hell yeah, you're going to do that. But I'm telling you, man, after this fight, he had a different look in his face. He had that, yeah. this is why I fight, like, I you know, he almost looked glad that he almost lost. Like, it, I think it just it humanized him. It was it just it was a good look after, and it, and it was one of those things too where, you know, I don't think it was just me that noticed it because even the crowd who, you know, he's kind of become one of the bad guys because of all the the shenanigans and stuff. The crowd didn't boo him. They were like, all right, yeah, man, good stuff. 
it was a good fight, and it was good for both guys, I think, at the end of it. And all in all, I think that was a good fight for especially somebody like me who used to live and die by this stuff and just kind of faded away. I've got, I, I feel more invested with these guys now. Like, I want to see what's next for both of them on their path because of what this fight was. And, and John Jones, he, he ignored the first two questions to do nothing but praise Reyes. Like, you could tell he was like, wow, like, this is why I fight. And it, so it was, just, it was just good all around, and that's what made me really happy about it. That's what I wanted to call when we were talking about it, or when you guys were talking. Yeah, I, I, I just, my, my, point about, my point about John Jones, what I was talking about, like, I was just saying, my point that I was trying to make is that he was, like, dogging people when he was, like, not, like, 100%, like, for... Yep. For fights, that's that's the only thing I was trying to make with that point is like, just like well, it's true. This, he this was dude that is good. like, yeah, like he was he was beating people up when he like was wasn't even putting in full effort. Like, imagine <laughs> if he didn't have like those bad years like in his well, that's, life. That's why I was saying like dudes on cocaine whooping people's asses. Like he shouldn't be doing that. Like that's no. how special he was. And you know maybe this maybe this like I said was the fight to bring it back. Maybe getting I, slapped around a little bit was the best thing for him because that was the other thing is you look in that division and nobody could touch him. The only no. guy that really could touch him, it, it took him a while to get the fight back, you know? Like, yeah. I think they should have had him and Gustafson immediately. Yeah. I just, I I don't, I think, I think Jones is going to move to heavyweight and I think the biggest fight that UFC can make right now is probably Stipe. Versus yeah, Jones. and like I think that's they need that fight to happen. I think. Yeah. Because Do you think Khabib? Oh, Khabib's not. Khabib's not. He's not really. He's like I don't. He's not really interested in fighting Connor again anytime oh, soon. Yeah, no reason to. No. So I mean, <laughs> you like that? That fight's. That fight's probably not going to happen. GSP is probably not coming back to fight. So, I mean, like, you... Jones and Stipe is probably the... For the heavyweight title, is probably the biggest fight that they can make right now. And it's probably... They should probably make it sooner rather than later. Conor McGregor feels like Manny Pacquiao trying to get a fight with Floyd again. Yeah. Where he's like... You know, where in his mind, and in a lot of other people's minds, he he might be able to beat him, but he just... You know, he didn't win this one, but let's see if he can do it if he gets one more shot. And and Khabib's got no reason to fight him. I mean, he whooped his ass like he was a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no, I mean, he just toyed with him. And uh, the, the the last thing I was going to say, and this is something for you guys, too, if, you know, if you can find it online and you can watch it or check it out or, you know, something like that, tell me if you think at the end of this, when they're doing the, the scorecard and – from the scorecard announcement leading to the interview, a part of me feels like John Jones went to that going, I think I might have lost the title. I think I might have finally lost. And then he was like, then when he won, that's where that, that joy overcame him. And that's where I think we got the, you know, the John Jones back. Like, yeah, I think that moment of, cause it was, I mean, there was a definite question. I mean, it was like, you could see, you know, obviously he had his arms up and, Reyes was celebrating like crazy as he should have, but Jones wasn't like going crazy. He just had his arms up and then 
you kind of look over at him. You're like, he doesn't look too. I mean, you know, and then you get, you know, even even uh, uh, Rogan's kind of like, mm, I don't agree with this, but I, you know, I'm fine with it because because I can see it, but I don't agree with these judges. And you could see Jones kind of like, oh. And then when he won, he was like ecstatic, like he actually looked joyed that he won for once. He wasn't just like, all right, I'm on to the next one, on to the next one. He was, he brought his grandma in the ring who has never seen him fought before. He brought his dad in the ring. He's praising Reyes. He's talking about this. And, but he, you know, he hadn't done that forever. And it just, it humanized him. And I think, I think that split second where he thought, I just lost everything finally. And then he snuck the win out and was like, oh my gosh, I did it again. And yeah. it, it was just a good moment. It was a really good moment. That's good, you know. That's uh, I mean, that's what you want, though, right? You want you want you want you want to make sure that people have the love for the fight. Um, I just, I want to ask you about the hockey uh, the hockey trade, pretty quick. I don't know anything about anything, so give us a little preach, quick. So obviously, you guys know I'm a big Jason Zucker fan. One um, one of my I didn't know you were yeah. a big Jason Zucker fan. <laughs> that was the last of the the dying breed of wild jerseys that I owned, man. <laughs> I was holding on to my Zucker. Um, but, you know, they move him. Pittsburgh tried to get him last year, but Fat Kessel didn't want to waive his trade clause and good because I didn't want Phil Kessel here anyway. So Phil Kessel's your favorite. Ugh. I, you, 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 love, you love when I send you random pictures of Phil Kessel. <laughs> He's like the grossest. He's just a gross human being. Like when he, when he takes like I'm not trying to talk smack about him, but like you look at his like NHL 19 game picture, and it's just like he's just standing there, kind of like he doesn't care. He's just like Ehh. he looks like he could be in a he looks like he should be in a, like a tag team partner for Klecker when Klecker's scum. <laughs> He's just dirty, and I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of him. Like, and and I think it's because he, I mean, dude's got a big head on him, and I get it, but I don't know. But uh, Alex Yelchin, their 2012 NHL draft, uh, that was the nail. Yakupov went number one. Ryan Murray went two to Columbus. Galchenyuk went three. Galchenyuk and Yakupov both played on the Sarnia Sting, um, which is a really good team in the Ontario Hockey League. They had a guy named Steven Stamkos that I'm sure. Many people remember. Who? Play on that team. But, you know, Gelchin is 25 years old. He's he's played, what, he played two, four, six. You know, he played on Montreal, played a year in Arizona, and then he played on Pittsburgh this year. Wasn't doing a lot in Pittsburgh this year, but you got to figure that team's so stacked. If he's not getting a wing, playing left wing for Malkin or Crosby, he's not up there. Pittsburgh loses Gensel, so they need to make a move. So they call us back about Zucker once again, and you know we get we get Kalen Addison, who's a, who's a good young prospect. We get their first round pick as well this year, which is something we've always complained about: is is the Wild got rid of all of their picks for nothing? Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's making a little under five million a year, so he's on a uh, um, he's on a on a, on a contract, a good contract, friendly deal. I think he's up after the season too if he doesn't work out. But I mean, even in Montreal, you know, twenty goals, thirty goals, seventeen, nineteen. He had nineteen in Arizona. 
he's he's not a bad bad player whatsoever. He's a, he was born in Milwaukee, so he's a Midwest kid. Even though his parents are from Belarus, but I mean he, he understands the Midwest culture because of that. And to be honest with you, look a few years ago when we took a, a disgruntled Cal Clutterbuck and we dealt him for this young guy that the Islanders drafted number four in the draft who was a bust, as everyone said, Neo Niederreiter. Look what that did for us. We won that trade. Yeah, and then we traded him away. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, for stupid, I don't even remember what the hell it was, for Pontus Auberg or something like that. <laughs> but, so maybe maybe it works again, you know. Maybe maybe a new change of scenery. Look at look at our track record with guys like this. Uh, first pick in the '93 draft, who was a bust and left the league, came back here and he was an everyday player. Alexander Dag. Yeah. Like we've done this with these kind of guys before, and I mean we beat Vegas four nothing tonight. I think it was four nothing. It was four nothing when I left at least. Um, I mean, it wasn't Fiala. Like kind of like one of those guys too that was kind of people were yeah, like. Kevin Fiala had another one today. Yeah, wasn't he a guy that people were kind of looking at like that might be starting to be looked at as like not a great pick or his career is kind of starting to flounder a little bit before we yeah, traded for him. I I was not I I was against when we got him and I was wrong on that one I think. Um, I still don't like the Ryan Donato for uh, Charlie Coyle deal. I don't think we got the right end of that one. But no, I mean Minnesota. We won seven of our last ten. We're 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 three points behind Winnipeg for the second uh, wild card spot. I mean, we we always you notice the Wild always get hot at the beginning of the season. Then after the All-Star break, they fall apart and they go from, like, the two seed to barely making the playoffs. Well, now yeah. we're getting hot right now, and, and it's not getting hot late. It's almost like Tampa. You know, I was, ta- I was talking to Jordan about this. Tampa Bay is, like, 23-3 and in their last 26 games. They, they're 9-0-1 in their last 10 with an 18 winning streak. They started off horrific, and now they're a point out of the number one seed in the, in the NHL. Maybe it's a good thing you slump at the start of the year because the Wild are starting to come back. Yeah. And if Galchenyuk looks energized and, and Fiala, who, shout out to Jordan, sent us a dope-ass goal of his in our, in our group chat, maybe we got something here. Yeah, You know, we don't know, but at least they took a shot. You know, I don't, I, once again, I'm not happy they got rid of Zucker, but – you brought back somebody like Alex Galchenyuk who was good enough to be the number three pick in a draft. There's got to be some talent somewhere in there. It's just a matter yeah. if we can pull it out and do it with Nita Rutter. Yeah. Do uh, Do you think uh, Zook's going to be placed on line with, uh, with Sid? Um, I guess it depends what they want to do because – they, the way that they rotate with with Malkin and Crosby is just it's it's interesting. I think I think they're going to have to feel it because obviously you got you got Crosby, you got Gunsel. Um, with Gunsel going down, you're adding Zucker to play on the left wing. But they only they I mean realistically they only dress you take only Zucker they only dress four wings for their four lines. Hmm. So, you know they're a team that's that's dressing. I mean, I mean, you look at that. What four? You got two, six wings, or six yeah. centers as wings, including the four. I mean, they they, they mostly play them. Nick Bugstad, Sid Crosby, 
uh, Malkin, Jerry McCain, Dominic Simon. They got a lot of these kind of guys. Anthony Angelo. They could put him up there. He's fast enough. He could fill that Jake Gensel run. He's, they're both left-handed shots, and I think that's what they want is because Crosby can feed off that left-handed backhand pass and hit him on the wing. I don't know, maybe they run Hornquist, uh, Zucker, and Crosby. It'll be interesting to see. I think uh, Zucker makes his debut tomorrow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Goodbye, Zucker. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, I don't it's a good think, run. Shout out to Tampa Bay, beat him 2-1 to one tonight in overtime. I don't think Zucker played that. Well, again, Tampa Bay just keeps on winning. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see if if he played, uh, let me look at box score. Um, Zucker played 15 minutes tonight. Hmm. So he was out on the rink. I don't know who he played with, so they, didn't, they don't show his line with him. But, yeah, it looks it looks like they, Russ Crosby and Malkin took most of the minutes. Hornquist took 14 Bluger took 15, Zucker took 15. So Zucker was looked like he was rocking first or second line. Hmm. But, nice. I mean, you still have beaten Andre Vasilevsky. I, I do. I, I should say too. I uh, uh, hope everything's good. Jay Bowmeister collapsed on the bench uh, in the Blues Ducks game. They ended up postponing it today. Hmm. Do they say why? Mm-mm, not yet. Hasn't Jay Bowmeister been playing since like 1985? <laughs> He's been playing so long. He's got to be like 50 years old now. Yeah, he just 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 straight up collapsed. Just boom. Jeez. Best wishes, uh, Jay Bowmeister. The, uh, you know, speaking of wanting to keep winning and keeping hungry, kind of going back and forth with uh, between the combat sports, the hockey. And so on and so forth. Uh, obviously, things coming up, and I was kind of curious, uh, but to pick your brain before we go into the most extreme of all sports. The axe, health, hell. <laughs> That's going to be the sounder. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say one thing. I feel like an idiot now. I'm older than Jay Bowmeister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, uh, third pick in the 90 or the 2002 draft, I think. Panthers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Born in '83. I'm older than Jay Bowmeister, and I was cracking. <laughs> but cracking to be age fair, jokes. he's been playing 16 years. I mean, he's like 16 seasons. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Like that's a dude who, early 2000s, these guys would sit in the minors for a few years and groom. Whereas now, you know, if you have a top pick, like ne- like next year, um, Alex Lafreniere, that dude's gonna come in game one and just rock and roll. You know, they didn't do that back then. And this guy coming in at 20 years old playing starting minutes, I mean, that's that's a lengthy career. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I can't uh, wait for Alexi Lafreniere. Ooh, can we quit Byfield next year? I'll give you uh, I'll give you guys choice. Do you want to do you want to go to the XFL? Do you want to talk a little boxing? Well, I I got a spit take I was going to give you all, and then I was going to shove off because I got to I got to right, finish on. this All Japan show. All Japan. What do you what do you do another show? Uh, well, we have another show on Friday. Yeah, we did one on Saturday, we did one on Monday, and then we're doing another one on Friday. No, no, that was me getting you uh, getting you the plug in for for saying Russellcast Radio, man. I, I think, oh my bad. Uh, uh, send me back up. Send me back up. Send me up. Send me up. Uh, 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 so, uh, oh, so you gotta watch that all the Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I gotta finish up the all Japan show here. 
Oh, oh, all Japan. What, what do you got? Another show? Yeah, yeah. This Friday night, uh, 27 hours ago, they went live. All Japan Pro Wrestling Excite Series 2020 from Cork and Hall. Seven match card. The big Kenzo Miyahara title defense against his former best friend turned rival Yuma Aoyagi. If Miyahara defeats him, it's his 10th defense. He ties Toshiaki Kawada for the most successful defenses as a triple crown champion in all Japan. So that's going to be awesome. Also, we're going to talk about the February 7th Dragon Gate show featuring Naruki Doi's first title defense against the fun KZ. So it's going to be an awesome one. I cannot wait to discuss with everybody wants to come. And also, previewing DDT into the fight coming up February 23rd. And also, don't forget, February 20th, Shingo Takagi, Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, Lord, the building may collapse. So where are they going to listen to this? Ah, Friday night, or Friday afternoon, excuse me, because it's Valentine's Day. So we'll be, we'll be doing a daytime show on Friday. What's so the show uh, We'll have it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't need to say it. Y'all know it's WrestleCast Radio. I don't, I don't need to give that out. Yeah, I it's, know what it is. On the, on, the, on the off chance that we have, you know, three people outside that are just like, oh, I'm going to listen to some sports today. I wonder how, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, they do, they do another show? They do another show? Like, come on, man. Wrestlecast Radio. <laughs> you need to know. Episode 152. Let's and go. we may even I was wondering where they're going to get another tuba player for the band. <laughs> <laughs> I got all two right. spit takes for you. I had one, but now I have two, and it ties in with WrestleCast. Shout out because <laughs> we, uh, if the off chance we are we have time to fill, because we try to go about three hours every show. If we need to kill some time, we may talk about the Blood Money Saudi Arabia show. And you want a spit take, ladies and gentlemen? February twenty seventh in Riyadh, the fiend Bray Wyatt defending the title against Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. What? Didn't they learn their Didn't they learn their lesson about having Goldberg wrestle when he tried to jackhammer the Undertaker and dropped him on his head? We uh we have talked about this. I spoke to Jordan a little bit too. I would like to do a live watch along where we just get completely bombed while watching this, doing live radio as Goldberg wrestles the Fiend. This, I can't believe what what, what appeal, Brian. Let me ask you this. What appeal does Goldberg still have? Like the honestly. Saudi Arabian, these these so these Saudi shows are the greatest things ever because like as the formerly the the like the front rows aren't even like rows of chairs they're like they're like sofas that the Saudi princes have brought in so like the people are sitting on like couches in the front rows they're not even in the seats. And then half the time you see all these Saudi princes just wandering around mingling with each other not even watching the wrestling. They, uh, when they did the first show, they asked the WWE if they could have uh, Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna, who are both dead, on the show. So WWE goes find some big, fat Japanese guy, and they call him the sumo legend, and he comes up for their battle royal. Like, <laughs> like this is a joke, right? This is got to be a joke. Yeah. I can't even remember what his name was. And then Michael Cole is putting him over like he just freaking beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, my God. Do you know who this is? Yikes. <laughs> it was so bad. It was awful. 
and then like yeah and and, and shut up by the way i i was on the uh the quarter four wwe conference call obviously that's why people know about wrestlecast radio because i was on a damn wwe conference call and um when they they brought up one of the JP Morgan investors brought up why have you guys not um, shown the money on your Q4 earning report of these Saudi shows? They said there was a tie up and they haven't gotten the full finances. Basically paid out two of them, almost openly admitting that these Saudi princes are just going to pay them when they damn well please to. And now they're running another show in two weeks there, even though they didn't even get paid for it. Wow. Yeah, it's just trash. We, if you want to hear about that, two shows ago, uh, last Saturday, Blog Talk Radio, Fortress, Strong Style Media, check out episode 150 of WrestleCast, where we break down the Q4 earnings call, especially the fact that they're going to pull pay-per-views off the network, it sounds like, and sell them to a third party, a la Disney or ESPN, just like the UFC does. I will be canceling my WWE network. But my other spit take, ladies and gentlemen, is a foul on Minnesota as four Minneapolis Target stores uh, we're, we're selling onesies in, in maroon and gold that said Minnesota Badgers. Two were <laughs> sold. The other 24 were recalled. Uh, the person who bought two brought it up to somebody. Target was embarrassed, called all sister stores, recalled these, tweeted about it, and said, this will never happen again. We are a Minnesota-based state uh, company, and we apologize. We know who the golfers are. That's Super funny. Are you that makes serious? Laugh. You know what the funny thing is? I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell you right now. And 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 this is the, this is a production problem, not not a production QC. And then obviously the fact that they just didn't look at it when they put it on the floor. Having worked for yeah, a who, place that who didn't scream for a quality check? Uh, <laughs> you know that's the thing. Yeah, right. Shout out to Susan and Q and QC. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, but that uh, manager didn't go over for his QC check when he was calling over. Yeah, when, they, when these companies make these things, they'll usually have screens for, um, uh, you know, all the common colors or et cetera, et cetera. And then, but yeah, they screwed something up when they put badgers. That's the weird thing because it was one like one unique screen. So like, this, that's the weird thing. But again, not not getting it. Yeah, that's funny. That's just super funny. <laughs> It's funny, too, because if they said two were bought and 22 recalled at the four stores, so each of these stores had six of these onesies at one moment. Uh, oh, we got shit to those four stores. Um, I'll, 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 I, think I, I'll, or I think I took a picture of it. I'll send it to the group chat. But I, I, wonder, I wonder how much this person is going to sell these on eBay for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's going to be wearing a Minnesota Badger shirt is some like kid in a third-world country who also is wearing a, uh, uh, I don't know, like a Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl shirt. Because. Mm. <laughs> When they got made, they were like, oh, that, that, that undefeated Patriots t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, 19-0. <laughs> um, and it's got, like, a Super Bowl picture of Tom Brady from a previous Super Bowl on it. <laughs> that's super funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, what do you, uh, speaking of spit takes, what do you think of uh, this week, this week when, uh, when Kevin Durant said uh, he still uses the burner accounts. Yeah. I'm like, this dude. Uh, I hope I hope Kevin Durant follows the show because that dude's tight. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I tried to burner account you, Jordan. Oh, man. You know, well, I mean, it was, it was intent. To be fair, it was intentionally because I wanted you to know. But oh, yeah. That was, uh, uh, yeah. 
it was painfully apparent, but that, but that being said. <laughs> right after the Jerry Colangelo, Colangelo uh, debacle, I was like, well, this is a good bit. I better make some fake accounts. My, my, I made one, Elijah, that, that my Twitter handle was Dances with Lakers, like Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, I just took shots and joined the whole time. You should, you should have made you, uh, a, a burner account with Balmer and tried to talk to Jordan. <laughs> like I hear you. I'm here. I hear you're the number one Clippers fan. Yeah, <laughs> I might still do that right now. He might believe it. These Balmer <laughs> gifts are, are still, you're, still you're, one of the best you're things ever happened to Clipper Daryl. Yeah, dang. <laughs> That'd be, I'm not, I want to make so many jokes right now, but I can't. Maybe I'd do like forecast after hours or something. Oh, um, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll come busting up with Chuck the Condor. Here comes Clipper Gistra. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, a, he's like a Clipper Daryl clone, but it's Clipper yeah. Gistra. I'll look Clipper like uh, when, uh, when the, uh, when Jerry West was working for the Clippers. <laughs> he's still working like, for the Clippers. Uh, but I mean, like there was, uh, there was always that great, like they use the logo colors on him. Like he always do that everywhere he goes and stuff. And it's just super funny. Yeah. It's like, hey, this, 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 this is the last thing I got real quick, not to, not to change it into like a serious subject, but you mentioned that, um, there was a couple of people like in higher, higher, what's the best way like higher tiers of NBA hierarchy yeah. that are still alive and working with things. Yeah. There were some people that, that pondered about, Changing the logo to Kobe. Yeah, what do you guys I heard think about of that? that too. Um, I wouldn't care. I mean, it's just a logo. Like, I mean, I, I, we know Jerry West has been the logo. We know the point behind it and everything, just because it was what it was. But it's one of those things where I don't. I think if they did something like that, this is the only real acceptable way to do it because it was a tragedy and it wasn't. You're just trying to change the logo of your league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and that's the only argument that you could say against, because otherwise, if you're going to change the NBA logo, when, 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 when would you have changed it? Like Michael Jordan. Exactly when he right. Yeah. You're yeah. exactly right. And that's, and, no, and, and that's, that's why, like, the, the, the Jerry West thing is so, I mean, if you look at the NBA logo, you, you'd never, you'd be like, oh, you can't have anything other than Jerry West coming on the court. Like, that's just so perfect. But if you ask Jerry West... You know, I mean, you know, you you guys heard the Jerry West clip I played on the Kobe show. Yeah. I mean, he'd be all for it. He, and and he, now let me ask you this, um, Elijah. I'm going to ask you first, then Jordan. I want your answer. What's what's the what do you make the logo of Kobe? Like, what's your your moment? Like, what's your picture of Kobe? That would be the logo. Oh. Uh, that would be a tough one, man. I, I have I need more time. I would need more time. Jordan, what do you go. think? Uh, I kind of want like the. Uh, I mean, the one that you keep seeing the jump shot logo is definitely is definitely fine. Um, you know, I guess I, I I'd be okay with that one. But like, I I think that's probably the the one I would run. I got three for you. There's um, the, like the, the the sprinter the the sprinter the, the the running one is fine too I guess that that one's cool. So, 
I, when when he went down the court with his fist extended after he hit the game winning shot against the the Suns in the playoffs, yeah, that to me is one of my most biggest iconic Kobe moments. I think him when he's with his when he's stretches the jersey across to show his heart, and yeah. he's like, "This is me." And I also think what everyone's been playing up is what LeBron and Bronny Jr. did. Uh, that cradle rock the baby cradle dunk that yeah. he did that they both mimicked. Oh, yeah. So here's 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 my problem with with two of those ones. Two of them, there's no basketball involved. All yep. right. That that's my problem there. You know what I mean? I like the dunk. I like. I think you got to have a ball in the dang thing. Okay. What's your problem? You got a personal okay. problem. You got a personal bandana. <laughs> <laughs> so have a ball take street. away, take away the heart one. Take away the heart one. I um, still the, the the fist one doesn't do it for me either. We're not fisting on the NBA. That's a bad logo. That's a bad message. Yeah, I guess that's true. But uh, so so the 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 dunk. That's like the iconic Kobe dunk, and people are mimicking it. Like I I think that's your logo. I I still like the one that I've seen with him. Um, you know, running up court. I think you maintain essentially the same. Uh, the iconic logoing that we've had for years. That's fair. And, uh, That's fair. You know what I mean? So, you, so it's kind of an homage also at the same time, you're right? You're going from, you know, the old school, which was obviously Jerry West, to the new school, which is Kobe. Like, that's that's what I like about it, and that's what I would do personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's obviously, fair. Obviously, if you asked me this 25 years ago, I'd say it's got to be the Jumpman logo, and he's just going to get paid billions of dollars off of it. You know what I mean? Like, cause that, <laughs> you know? That's the iconography that, you, that you, you think of when you think of Michael Jordan, you, you know? But, I, yeah, it, it's fine. I'm cool with it, by the way. I'm fine if they want to change the logo. I think they also have to be prepared to be able to do it uh, another time when, when, uh, when another time comes. So I think, I think it will set a precedent that I'm not sure we really want to wade into. You know what I mean? Because then there's gonna be like just, weird like the logo club, you know what I mean? And like then you're gonna have the that, first... Do you think there ever is gonna like I don't wanna say never because you don't ever wanna to try to even talk about something like that, but I don't know if there's ever gonna be something like this again. Oh no, yeah, yeah I think you're I think you're and right on that. Yeah. I don't know if the NBA is ever gonna change the logo because they don't like they don't even like recognize the logo as Jerry West, like Jerry That's, West, yeah. like so, like they don't, they will, like they will, they are like, they will not say that that's Jerry West. So well, the only reason I say that the the change too is I think of all of all leagues, you know, they got the they got the right commissioner, they got the guy who want who who does right by the league. Yeah. And I think if it's something that the league and players and coaches and owners and outsiders and you know things like that bring it up, I think that's the guy who'd be like, "Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's bring it up in a meeting and let's 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 examine it." Because I think it would be cool. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying he's like he does such a good job with with taking care of this league. I think it would be cool if the NBA like kind of did did something where. Like every decade, they would change the logo, but they would like have a vote on like who the player of the decade was, and then change the yeah, logo to that. I think that would be kind of cool. The ones that actually have a player in the logo, so I think you know you have that wiggle room. Yeah. Hmm. 
I, I um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Like, I, you know, I like. There, there's, there's lots of weird artistic ways you could take this too. Like, what if you said, okay, every team has to, you have to use the, 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 the baseline of the logo, right? The red, white, and blue. It's got to be basketball. You got to tell that it's basketball. Well, what if you said you could use your own player silhouette? Yeah. You know, you know I mean? even, even if you say you just did a like, say just for next season. They made Kobe the logo, and they go back to West after. What if they did it for one game? Yeah, even one game, that'd still be cool. Every You get every team, all their jerseys have the different logo just for one game. That would be, yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah, I, just, yeah, and, so, and I, so. I don't think it's anything that's going to happen, but it's just, it was, it was interesting to hear, like, you know, once again, like I said, this is not something that I think may ever happen again with somebody of this magnitude and, and, yeah, in this passing untimely. Yeah, like this is like his passing was like just probably one of the more untimely passings I think I've ever I've ever like seen. I mean it's yeah. just it's unheard of. That's why I think it's 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 not something you're gonna have that conversation about that often, if ever. No. And I think this is just that one weird and it's and it's good too, you know, like not not to talk about Colby here. I'll wrap up after this here before you guys can keep rolling. But like, I was I was thinking about it the other day when I was you know, somebody said something about Colby and I was just thinking about. It. I was like, you know what, in in the in the in the wildest way, this was almost just a good thing for the world right now, because I've never seen I've never seen people united like this, and I think that's why so many people are bringing the light. Like, we should make him the logo. Because this, you know, in a time where our country's run by shit politics and people turn to hating each other because of a political view, which is you're hating somebody for their opinion, this, like, brought everybody together for, for that week. And it was just incredible to see, like, you watch outside the Staples Center and you see all those people. It was just incredible. People all coming together from all all spectrums and countries and ethnicities and I don't know. I don't want to turn this into like a political show, but some of this, some of this political stuff, is bigger than just my opinion versus your opinion. It's not like it's it's gotten to the point where it's not just where it's not just oh that's my opinion. Like it's bigger. Than no, that. I hear. Yeah. yeah, I hear. I just, I just, I see people getting mad at people when they don't for no reason, and it's like this. Like pe- there was like a week of like. It didn't like it wasn't existent for like a week. It was like silence. It was like everything went on hold and everyone was like unified. Yeah. You know, and it was just it was good. It was it was nice. It was like wow, you know, we are human beings. So, uh, sports. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're so I'll 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 leave you guys to it. You can get your axe now for Alahan and talk some boxing. I decided to come on talk to. you guys, you guys got to check that out, man. Check out uh, uh, John Jones, man. It was it was a good – it looked like a humbling victory, and I think we might finally see what we wanted from John Jones for all the years. So check him out. If you got more to say, hit me up at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Alex has been blowing it up, rising the numbers, uh, having a good time with it. We'll catch you all. Have a good show, guys. Thanks, Bye. Um, did you watch any of this XFL this week, man? 
I did actually. I watched uh, the like first two, like a lot of the first two games, and then I watched um, some of the like some of the second game on Sunday. Hmm. It was yeah, pretty good I, uh... actually. Like I did not mind it. Obviously, the quarterback play for some of the teams is lacking, but I mean that's to be expected because. All the real, all the like real good quarterbacks are in the NFL right now, and I mean even the NFL has a shortage of like good quarterbacks. So a league under the NFL is the quarterback play isn't going to be going to be great. But I mean there's the like the first two games on Saturday, man. Like Cardell Jones looked really good, and uh, PJ Walker. Looked really good too. So, yeah, I um, you know, I didn't see any of the first two games, but uh, I watched uh, I watched the Tampa Bay New York game, and, and my mind was blown. Um, and I, uh, I I gotta be honest, man, I don't know, man. I, I I watched it, the kickoff thing, I was kind of funky on. I wasn't a big fan of that. Like, I I don't know. I it it was it was. It seemed like you know being a, only a week removed from the NFL and the levels of uh, and a level of the talent that there is there, like it felt it felt cheap. Um, the only thing that didn't feel cheap, in my opinion, was the commentary and presentation. I felt like it was top notch and shown extremely well on each of the networks that they uh, that they showed it on. But uh, but man, I, I I just didn't feel I didn't feel good for uh, for what I was what I was seeing there. Yeah, I mean it's not the NFL, and the thing I think that's gonna that's gonna help the XFL this time is that they're not going into competition with the NFL. This is just something to kind of keep football, keep people like keep football fresh for pe- fresh in people's minds, and like you know for the real like diehard football fans to give them something to watch like in the off season and honestly I think I think it's going to work because I think people are going to watch it and it's also going to it's also going to help too with cuz it's probably going to have storylines now about like you know guys you know oh started in the XFL and I made it to the NFL and you know like cuz I feel like they're the talent in the XFL now is a lot better than the talent in the XFL was uh, when it when it first happened. So yeah. I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I mean, I just kind of like football, like in general. So yeah, I um, I, I I I I like football, but I just I don't know. I I just looked at it and it just felt like I said, it just didn't feel it didn't feel quite the same there. Um. But it's cool seeing some of the names again. Like you know, we discussed it briefly as far as um, as far as last week goes. But yeah, Cordell Jones looked good, man. Nice, uh, nice completion, completion percentage, quarterback rating as far as that goes. Um, put up some good numbers, you know. And uh, I don't know, it was just kind of kind of a little weird uh, weird feelings when it comes to this game. I think I just don't. I don't know. I, I just felt. I felt. I just. It feels clunky. It feels weird. It feels. 
And again, like it feels like that tier two, and I think that's just again because you're used to seeing such a crisp product on the field when it comes to the NFL and the motions that they play and the presentations they provide. I, I just I just feel like it was kind of meh. Yeah, I can see that you're feeling that way, but so I, don't, I like ten it. weeks. It's a ten week season. What are the chances you actually watch one game a week? Um. Probably not great because I work on the weekends. Like I work every other weekend, so I probably like I won't be able to see the games every week weekend because I'll be at work. But I'll probably wa- I'll probably watch a game or two on the weekends that I don't work. Yeah, see, and that's that's the thing. Like it, I I'm curious. I was curious in what in what you know. I'm sure some of these smaller markets that actually got the teams, the Tampa's, etc. I say smaller markets really, really fucking loosely. Um, but like, you know, I'm sure they'll have their their weekly following. Like, ah, I gotta watch them kind of thing because they're here. But I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody's gonna say, up, oh, gotta tune into that 12 o'clock game for the XFL this week. You know, I, I just. I think it's an uphill battle. I think that uh, they're not going to be um, not going to be. I don't think they, I don't think it's going to last. I just, I just don't think it's going to go go down twice. Well, we'll see what happens. I think they have a much better chance this time, though. Yeah, well, you know, they got to see a, a league start and, and die off really fast too. So it'll be interesting to see what. Um, you know, some of those logistics of it happen once they have to start traveling and and, uh, and and holding these teams. So I think they have much more money backed into this than the AFF did, though, too, or whatever that the last league was. Yeah. So oh, it'll be interesting. Um, oh, we're getting tired. So some of the fights coming up, uh, obviously. Uh, Let's see, uh, some good ones are coming up this weekend. I know we're going to be capping and talking about uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury as, as they keep, you know, they're doing every radio show and talking to every blogger and, and every opportunity they get to, to pump out this uh, this um, this championship. But uh, coming up this week, we got a pretty good uh, Ryan Garcia versus Francisco uh, Fonseca. Uh, Jorge Linares against Carlos Morales, a uh, little two-hitter two right there on February 14th. Uh, I think that'll be a card worth uh, taking a look at, don't you? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that stuff about the part where you said about the things? <laughs> I, said, uh, Franz, I said Ryan Garcia and Francisco Fonseca and uh, Jorge Linares and Carlos Morales on the day, uh, on the DAZN card from uh, for February 14th. you going to take a peek at that at that card? Yeah, I probably will just because I like, I like watching the Jorge Linares fight. Um, he needs a win really badly and an impressive win. So, yeah, I, he, I'll uh, definitely, I'll check it out. Should be a good one. Um, uh, Ryan Garcia going for his 17th KO. Um, there was a cute little tweet uh, earlier this week where, uh, or maybe it was on a radio show that I saw where um, Oscar was saying uh, to Floyd Mayweather, "Hey, you got a guy, I got a guy. Let's uh, let's put something together, you know, in regards to Ryan Garcia and uh, and and Javante Davis. Um, I would love to see that matchup, and 
I I hope it happens before before 2022. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a fun fight. I, I've always enjoyed watching Ryan Garcia. I think he's still a questionable fighter just because he hasn't had anybody test him um, and give him those give him rounds yet. You know what I mean? He's always put him put him yeah. down early. So so I want to know what happens when he when he really has to face some adversity. Uh, and not look cute on his Instagram videos, which is which is all fine. I'm not hating, but like that's what he does. Um, yeah, that's kind of the, the headline of the weekend here, as far as it goes. There's uh, Thomas uh, uh, Thomas Madison and uh, Isaac Gonzalez on Showtime. Um, Ian Green, uh, obviously a former uh, Ian Green, uh, the young general, is fighting again. Yeah, he's doing six rounds. He's on the undercard of that uh, that Showtime card in Philadelphia there. So. Uh, obviously, we've had him on uh, on Sportscast Radio uh, previously, uh, so certainly wish him uh, a lot of luck going uh, and getting back in the ring here. And uh, yeah, that, I mean that kind of caps off this week. Next week is obviously where we're, we're, we're all got our eyes um, kind of glued to it um, with the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury um, matchup uh, that'll be uh, taking place in Las Vegas. You got Charles Martin versus Gerald Washington, which should be pretty fun for the IBF heavyweight eliminator there. Um, some ba- Sebastian Fundura and Daniel Lewis uh, getting getting Slenderman. On that card. So uh, it should be uh, Slenderman's <laughs> fight. The Slenderman, you know, we've seen him fight multiple times. So um, I still love. Uh, he's still got an awesome nickname as far as that goes. The uh, Towering Inferno, which is just awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, that that twenty uh, second card. Obviously, I think uh, I think I'm going to be at uh, Ryan's house watching that fight. Are you going to be up here with us? Uh, I'll try and make it up. I don't know. I might. I mean, if, if you're working this weekend, man, that means you're I off might the be following in, one. I might be in Duluth, or I might go to Duluth for a couple of days. So, oh, the old, the old northern exposure. Um, as we get closer here to that fight, um, I really do want to start breaking it down, looking at uh, what um, what we're gonna do or what uh, what the plan's gonna be. So. Uh, I'm sure next week we'll have a little more boxing talk. And so um, uh, I definitely am going to be watching Ryan Garcia and that DAZN card. And then uh, we should preview the uh, the official preview for the um, for the fight for Fury and Wilder uh, with the lineal championship on the line uh, for for um, for Tyson Fury. Um, and then uh, and there's definitely some quotes worth uh, worth noting on that as well. Um, you know, but also Wilder's WC belt, WBC belt is still on the line. Also, um, anything uh, anything you want to take away or get ready for uh, coming up here? Not that I can think of. My bedtime, maybe. Your bedtime. Shout out to your bedtime, buddy. Uh, shout out to Ryan Cook. <laughs> shout out to Ryan Cook for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, Elijah, for being uh, on time. Thank you for anybody that listened to the first 20 minutes of the first show where I played uh, the uh, the theme music, and then uh, we pro- quickly uh, swapped back to get it so we had a longer show. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's Sportscast Radio. Make sure you follow uh, the WrestleCast Radio underscore SSM. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll start tweeting again. Um, but otherwise, thank you for joining us on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jordan Jispra. That's Elijah McNeil. And we are Audi 5000. Gee.